Welcome to Domestic Chaos. I'm Burr Beard. The midterm elections are upon us, and to understand the importance and consequences of Tuesday's midterm elections, should check out the work of Asted Herndon, a political reporter who has been covering this election cycle for the New York Times podcast, The Run-Up. Hernan says if the Republicans take back the House, it would change the scope of U.S. policy. We know they tried to stop President Biden's agenda. A Republican House would hurt Biden's ability to respond to domestic challenges on his terms, like inflation and to global crisis. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican House leader, has signaled that Republicans might stop approving aid for Ukraine. We've also seen a global rise in fears of democratic collapse if the U.S. elects lawmakers who spread conspiracy theories about elections and who promise to tear down tenets of democracy that will embolden autocratic leaders in other countries and weaken the United States standing in the world. These midterms also matter because they could signal the start of even more divisive era of politics. We should not assume we are at the floor of division. We're going to get lower. Democrats are fighting to hold power in Congress tomorrow, as polls show Republicans have the advantage on issues voters care most about. Millions have already voted through mail-in ballots, which can take longer to process. That's one reason why some states may not know results for days. That matters because Trump used delays in 2020 to claim the election was rigged, and experts expect similar false claims tomorrow. The consensus among a number of GOP pollsters and operatives, according to The New Yorker, is that Senate races that are thought to be competitive, Republican candidates are heading for a clean sweep. Mehmet Oz will beat John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, not just by a point or two. Adam Laxalt looks pretty certain to defeat the incumbent Democrat Senator Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada, and less regarded candidates such as Blake Masters in Arizona will be carried into office by a predicted wave. He won't deserve it, but at this point he falls into a Senate seat, one Republican strategist said. To these Republican insiders, certain high-profile races in the GOP, certain high-profile races in which GOP candidates were already favored now look like potential blowouts. Carrie Lake's campaign for governor in Arizona, J.D. Vance's for Senate in Ohio, and some races that seem out of reach, such as the Senate campaign in New Hampshire of the election denier Don Budock, now looks like possible wins. The word that kept coming up in these conversations was bloodbath. NPR reports that Republicans are heavily favored to take control of the House, but how many seats they pick up could be the difference of how long Democrats are out of power. Democratic base voters are lagging behind GOP ones, and this election is going to be a test of whether Democrats can turn them out in this first election with Trump out of office. It's safe to say Republicans have several flawed Trump-picked candidates on the ballot. Democrats likely wouldn't have a chance in this environment in some of these close Senate races if it wasn't for those challenged GOP candidates. But in big wave years, even bad candidates can win. We'll see just how much this matters over the next several weeks. More than half of GOP candidates running deny the results of the 2020 presidential election. How far will they go to discredit the results if they don't win? Business Insider reports that Stuart Rhodes, Oath Keepers founder, typed a message for Trump warning his children would die in prison. 
Just days after the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack, Oath Keepers founder Elmer Stewart Rhodes drafted a recorded message to then-President Trump warning of dire consequences if he did not take more drastic action to overturn the 2020 election and remain in power. If you don't, then Biden Kamala will turn all that power on you, your family, and all of us. You and your family will be imprisoned and killed, Rhodes wrote. You and your children will die in prison. The message in which Rhodes implored Trump to invoke the Insurrection Act was not ultimately delivered, but it emerged as evidence Wednesday in the trial of Rhodes and four other members of the far-right Oath Keepers group charged with seditious conspiracy in connection with the January 6th attack. Rhodes added that his only regret about January 6th was the lack of more lethal weaponry. We could have fixed it right then and there, Rhodes said in the recording. I am here for you, and so are all my men. We'll come and help you if you need us, military and police. And so we are millions of supporters, Rhodes added. Federal prosecutors are expected to rest their case against Rhodes and the four other Oath Keepers members this week. At the outset of the trial, Rhodes' lawyer told jurors that the Oath Keepers founder planned to testify in his own defense. The Associated Press reports that a new academic investigation is underway on Doug Mastriano's doctoral research. University of New Brunswick President Paul Mazzaroli said that the school is also bringing in a team of outsiders to review its policies and procedure for graduate study, including issues raised by how Mastriano's research was handled and evaluated. Being subject to a complaint, I need to let that process run its course, Mazzaroli said, recognizing that there is a time issue, and it's almost 10 years ago all this was propagated. He said the school's lead integrity officer, chemistry professor David McGee, is performing an initial review to decide if a full investigation is warranted and who should conduct it. There's no time limit. Pittsburgh has developed a reputation as a prominent spot with the rising Christian nationalism movement, fanned by the rhetoric of Republican candidate for Pennsylvania governor Doug Mastriano. While he refutes a label, Mastriano is often criticized for engaging in Christian nationalism talking points. An online statement called Christians Against Christian Nationalism, which has been endorsed by Christian leaders across the country, provides a definition of the term. Christian nationalism demands Christianity be privileged by the state and implies to be a good American, one must be Christian. According to the statement, it often overlaps with and provides cover for white supremacy and racial subjugation. Because of this overlap with white supremacy, the term is often rephrased as white Christian nationalism. A May 2021 New Yorker article identified Mastriano as the embodiment of a resurgence of Christian nationalism. Mastriano has been infamous for referring to the separation of church and state as a myth. Mastriano has developed controversial relationship with Pennsylvania churches, including Grace Life Church in Pittsburgh, where Mastriano spoke and received a legally questionable endorsement in September, according to Pittsburgh Action 4 News. Mastriano did not respond to a request for comment regarding the characterization of him as a Christian nationalist. This is from the Pittsburgh City Paper. And finally, NPR reports that two of the largest U.S. pharmacy chains, 
CVS Health and Walgreen Company announced agreements in principle Wednesday to pay about $5 billion each to settle lawsuits nationwide over the toll of opioids. And a lawyer said Walmart is in discussion for a deal. Together, the developments amount to what could be the last round of huge settlements after years of litigation after the drug industry's role in an overdose crisis that has been linked to more than 500,000 deaths in the U.S. over the past two decades. And for Election Day Eve, that's domestic chaos. I'll be watching the returns tomorrow night with you. Till next time, I'm Burr Beard.